Well, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by a star-studded group of people that are going to be our guests for today's show. We'll go ahead and bring on the OG of the three here uh, that are going to be joining us, which is going to be Rudy Campos Jr. of Sweep the League. He's one part of the host of Sweep the League. Shout out to the other co-host, Gio. Hope he's doing good over in, in Chi-Town. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's uh says he's not living on the south side, so we know he's safe wherever he's at. So he marked himself as safe. He's not going to get shot. He's he's marked himself as safe. So that's a good thing. I still have a co-host. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we're also going to be joined by Noah. He's a, a contributor there, and he, he does a lot of articles and makes content for Pounding the Rock. Noah, this is the first time we're having you on this show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, yeah, dude. It's always fun to have somebody new on. You're the new kid on the block, man. So Ty, he's the host of At The Line with his other with his other partner. He's a better half over there, uh, Spurs Mac. Ty, be nice to Noah, man. Don't worry. I'm nice to him already. Don't worry. I'm not going to roast <laughs> Noah too bad. And just a word of warning, Ty may or may not be drinking. Well, I, I'm, I can drink. I'm, I'm used to drinking. <laughs> so he's not he's, he's not really drink. drunk he's not that drunk yet not yet not, not yet. yet yet is the key word but this is a coconut berry red bull and coconut rum so that sounds good man i gotta say rudy i gotta yeah. try that man i, yeah, I need to I'm come up with i need to come up with a name for it though yeah we gotta hire you as uh, our, our bartender <laughs> i i always think that my backup my the backup industry, if I if broadcasting fails, is going to go to bartending. Bartending. I can see that, man, for sure, dude. You got to get <laughs> in the bartending scene. Noah, what are you doing just to pass the time, man, since, you know, this COVID thing has everybody staying at home? We, what are your games of choice, man? Yeah, we've, I've been going out and playing a bunch of tennis with my girlfriend. We've been, honestly, we've been started throwing a Frisbee. That seems a little boring, but, you know, throwing a Frisbee, shooting some hoops when I can if the, if the rims aren't taken down yet. So just trying to keep moving and ride and do something so i'm not bored yeah i saw I you take... man you posted your videos out there i'm like damn is he trying to be an andre agassi out there man you look pretty good got a good yeah. form they gotta get me on the atp tour soon damn that'd be I'm... awesome <laughs> i i live in the same uh noah and i both live in dfw so i got i used to play jv tennis in high school so i think i might have a chance to get some oh there you go <laughs> hey that'd be a good bit man to have you guys go up against each other I don't yeah, know. I think it might be bagels. Six oh six oh bagels. Wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, probably. I haven't I haven't played in a few years. So we'll, we'll let Rudy be the judge. I will take you one on one though on basketball. Rudy okay. will be the judge on the sidelines, sitting up in the little chair, drinking some beers, watching you guys. He's gonna hey, say, No, nah, that was over the line. That was not a foul. <laughs> I can I can do that, but I I actually want to see how long I last as one of those Guys that just runs to the, get the ball, the ball boy in the net, and <laughs> oh I probably will make it maybe two times. <laughs> I'll be laying on the floor, passed out after the second time. I'm sure. We're gonna go ahead and dive into this thing, and we're gonna talk about the game that just occurred right now. You know, just a few moments ago, we had the Jazz defeating the Pelicans by a final score of 106 to 104. What does that actually mean for the San Antonio Spurs? It means that tomorrow's game against the Sacramento Kings is that much more important if they want to move up in the standings. Because right now, if they were to beat the Sacramento Kings, they could move in, what, about a half game up on the Pelicans? So that's big, you know? So 
At least the Jazz helped us out. It didn't look like they were, Ty. I got to be honest, man. Jazz looked a little lethargic. They looked a little frustrated on the defensive end. They looked frustrated on the offensive end. The Pelicans were pounding the boards. It seems like they were getting all the, the offensive rebounds. The second chance points were killing them. And then all of a sudden, the Jazz decided to go ahead and start playing some basketball and, and went to what worked, and that's pounding it inside the paint. So, you know, I'm glad they got the win. Uh, what were your thoughts? For I one, they did they only played Zion for 15 minutes out there, but it's also kind of, one. They were he's already on a minute restriction, I would say, because he's not been in the bubble. He ne he hasn't played with the team at all. This was his first official game back, so he was already going to be on some limited minutes. Then also add on that he was a team. He was a game worse, a uh, negative 16 on the floor, so on the plus minus. So that probably wasn't helping, and he just wasn't really stuffing the stat sheet as it was. Yeah, he can be he can be a game changer at times, but this game he just he didn't really do too much when he was out there. Got into early foul trouble, and the Jazz we kind of saw this in I would say in some of the uh, scrimmage games, the, especially the first ones, where some of these teams were not having a good first half, and then suddenly in the second half they get their they get their shit together and they're doing really well, and they that's what the Jazz did tonight. Yeah, they think they just I think what happened too is that they used their experience. You know, their veteran leadership at the veteran leadership at the final minute of the game when it got really close. Uh, the Pelicans are still a, a decent team. They're just a little inexperienced. And I think their inexperience showed in that last minute of play where they really uh, just looked a little lost at times and didn't really get set. They they seem to to fold again under the pressure. But that's with some inexperienced players out there. The core of the Pelicans uh, is ex inexperienced. They do have some some veterans. They have J.J. Redick out there. So. He brings a little bit of that veteran experience to the game. But what were your thoughts on on that Jazz and uh, Pelicans game, Noah? Yeah, I think my first impression there was they really missed Bogdanovich. Uh, they missed him sorely. I mean, he's a guy who I think averaged about 20 points for them. And you could tell that they needed that scoring boost. I think Jordan Clarkson kind of provided a boost for them off of the bench. Shout out to a San Antonio guy. Um, but yeah, man, they, they looked rough. But you know, you kind of expected that from every team, even with the scrimmages. You know, it's been a long time since they've played basketball, you know, in like a competitive setting this often. So I'm not really going to read too much into the game. But I think one of the things that Ty said about Zion is, yeah, he is a generational talent, but he didn't look great out there tonight. Yeah, he didn't look great. He's uh, shooting didn't look great at all. I got to say, you know, and, and that's surprising because in that last game that we saw him here in San Antonio against the San Antonio Spurs, <laughs> the dude couldn't miss a shot, man. He was hitting everything left and right, three-pointers, whatever he wanted, he was hitting. And in tonight's game, he even looked like he lost a little bit of weight. So he looked a little yeah. bit more fit, more cut, a little quicker, but maybe he's just getting used to his new body still, you know? Maybe I that has played a factor. To me, he still seemed slow compared to other guys. Then he'll have, he'll have these bursts of speed that he, he always has because he is athletic still. No, oh, yeah, no but, doubt. But still, he he lock, he walks like he still has a limp. It just looks it looks off. Sometimes he just looks tired, and I think he could have really benefited for being in the bubble and playing those scrimmages. But missing all three of them and making your first game back the game that counts that that doesn't help him in the mat. That doesn't really help him, but. People are saying that, oh, you got to put Zion back in. It's like, again, he's been in a negative 16 on the floor. That's not going to, that's probably most likely not going to help him. Yeah. It's, it, you know, the plus minus is so ass at times, man, because it doesn't really tell you the true guts of what's going on, going on on the court. While it's a gauge to show you how effective 
any one player was when they were out there on the court, it doesn't really tell you the full details of what was transpiring on there. And Zion, just let's just put it in layman's terms, he just didn't have a good night. You know, he, yeah. he looked like he was, like you said, missing some of those uh, scrimmage games. He needed to get his legs under him. He needs to get his rhythm back. And he just looked out of sorts. It's probably going to take him at least two or three games to get uh, maybe back into form. So you have that, and that might be a little too late for the Pelicans. So I think the Pelicans are going to have to rely heavily on some of the other younger core players that they have and some of their veterans to get it done until Zion can get back in rhythm. But, Rudy, what were your thoughts on tonight's uh, Jazz-Pelicans game? Well, my first thought is uh, going out to New Orleans. Thank you for screwing with my parlay bet that I had earlier. <laughs> Messed me up for the night. But on the other sense, hey, you know, what it came down to was the Jazz, man. I mean, you got veteran players in the Jazz. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Gobert. They just were out. They were just way better than the younger guys of Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans were led pretty much the entire game by double digits. And they just lost it at the end. I mean, we know another team that loses it at the end it's based out of San Antonio. But the Pelicans Damn. just didn't have enough at the end of the game to keep that lead. Jazz came out to victory. And, you know, one thing that's kind of surprising to me was Rudy Gobert sanked the last two free throws to win the game. And he was the first one to sink the NBA season. So good for Rudy out there. You know, hey, us Rudys know, you know how to ruin stuff, don't we? Well, Rudy's don't lie is what you said. So exactly. Rudy's don't lie. <laughs> yeah. But he uh, it was kind of ironic. You know, he's the one that brought a close to the NBA season. And now he kind of is yeah. the one that put a close to the actual first game back. So irony <laughs> of ironies. There you go. Yes. But what does this mean for tomorrow's game against the Spurs going up against the Sacramento Kings? Now, like we said, this means a lot more. And it all starts tomorrow the spurs need to get a win and you know what we might get a little bit of help because our boy jonas clark shout out to jonas and his boy bryn forbes there looks like bryn is not going to be playing in tomorrow's game he will be missing that so that means that we're going to get a heavy dose of marco beninelli which if you got to pick your poison man it, it i don't know dude i i, I don't want to see marco out there i'm hoping that the Spurs coaching staff comes to their senses and maybe, just maybe, they'll put somebody in there that's worth a damn. I'd like to see more Keldon personally, but I don't make those decisions. The coaching staff does. I think giving Marco 20-plus minutes is just a recipe for a disaster, especially if he's not playing defense and he's not knocking down three-pointers or he's not knocking down any shots. You got to take him out. He becomes a liability at that, at that point. But let's go ahead and start with you, Noah. What are your thoughts on tomorrow's Spurs-Sacramento game? Yeah, tomorrow it's going to be two clubs that are pretty much right against each other in the standings. The Spurs are only behind by a half game, so if they win, they go up by a half game. I mean, I think it means a lot for them. But one of the things I would be watching out there is we, we heard Pop say, you know, development is the priority. You know, we heard him say that in the bubble when they first got there. And we're going to see if that's true or not. You know, scrimmages, it was nice to see Keldon and Lonnie and DeJounte and Derek out there. Um, but if he doesn't do it in these eight seeding games, I don't know if we can take his word for it then. So we're just going to have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, like we said, and we don't like to be cliche, but Ty, it all starts tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. You hear the big echo, you know. So what do you think, man? What are your thoughts on the game tomorrow? Uh I am having a very, like, I like some other people. I'm pretty optimistic about this upcoming game. Uh, I think 
I thought that last scrimmage that the Spurs had against the Pacers was more of a good indication of what this team was going to look like. They were running more, so- they were running more solid rotations, more game game like rotations, more than than the previous two ro- previous two scrimmages. And I liked what I saw out there. Um, with Bryn Forbes not being out being out there, I think it makes the team tremendously better. Not only on not only on defense, but on offense as well. Because you do you still have our shooters. Barnes Bellinelli can still shoot the ball, and he had a really good game. Get, Good game against the Pacers. As much as as much hate as people give Marco, he has been pretty solid these scrimmage games. And I'm kind of hoping that he kind of translates into the real games. He's not getting major minutes. He's still going. He's still going to be coming off the bench, maybe 20 minutes game. I know that's more than what people want, but we're going to be seeing more Kelvin Johnson. We're going to be seeing this starting lineup. I love this starting lineup. This starting lineup: of Dejounte, Derek, Lonnie, Demar, and Jakob. That's the starting lineup that I've been wanting all season long. It's a bit small, yeah, but guess what? You get ya- you get Dejounte Murray and Derek together. You get Lonnie out there, and then you also get Jakob at the center. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this team does. They did well against the Pacers, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do against a game a game that counts and a game that could be big for them in jumping up the standings. Yeah, you know, needless to say, if they win or lose, that starting lineup is fun to watch. You know, we're not getting lethargic, old-ass LaMarcus Aldridge out there. You know, it kind of slows the game down. Yes, he can go ahead and stretch the floor and shoot a three on occasion, but he doesn't do it very consistently, you know? So you have that. And then, of course, you have DeMar DeRozan. But I think uh, DeMar DeRozan playing with this younger core, it helps him too because he defers out there on the court when he's with these younger players. So he's getting them better. And by getting them better and getting them their touches, getting them getting them in rhythm early, it's only going to help him throughout the game because He's still going to get touches and he can still have a 20 plus point game. But more importantly, it's getting the younger core involved early, which is imperative, I think, for the Spurs success moving forward. You know, because we are without LaMarcus, which kind of helps us a little bit. But I mean, to the chagrin of a lot of Spurs fans out there, uh, they're not really big fans of him. You know, one of those people is one Rudy Campos Jr. So, Rudy, give us your thoughts on tomorrow's Spurs Sacramento game. Did you just become a bus driver? Because you're driving that bus all over me right making that comment. Damn. No, man. No, no, I mean, Marco actually played really good in the scrimmages. I mean, I can't really say he did it. I mean, he, for some reason, he came out to be a better player than I expected to be in the bubble. But if it continues, I mean, I see success for tomorrow for the Spurs. This is one of the games, one of the two games that I actually have them winning in the bubble is tomorrow against uh, the Kings. But you know, for the Spurs, what it is, it's going to have to come down, you know, two guys that I could see killing them. I know De'Aaron Fox is going to have a decent game, but I think when you look at uh, DeJounte and Derek's defense, I think they're going to give him a lot of problems. Bogdan Bogdanovich and Buddy Heal. Those are the two guys that I think have to be contained and kept in check in order for the Spurs to have a legitimate shot to win this game. I have the Spurs winning this game, like I said. This is one of the two games I have them winning, but going into this game, I love that lineup. Keldon has shown a lot in these three scrimmages. Uh, having him come off the bench, you know, I could see him guarding a Buddy Heald easily. And I can see him actually kind of containing Buddy well. But the one that scares me the most is Bogdanovich, man, because when he gets going, golly, he's so hard to stop. So I think if they just play some solid perimeter defense, you know, they're going to come out with a victory, hands down. They're missing Marvin Bagley. He's not going to be playing. I mean, I, I really think the Spurs are just going to come out, win this game outright. And we're going to see a really good, we're going to see a really good performance by some of these young guys. I expect um, both guards, you know, Derek White, Dejounte, to have a good game. I expect Keldon to be sharp. You know, 
without Bryn playing, which I know Jonas is probably crying in a puddle of his own tears right now because he's not playing, we're going to get a lot more of these young guys, I think. So I expect Spurs victory, like I said, just contain Bogdanovich and healed, and we'll be good. Yeah, talk about healed real quick, though. Before going to this, before the scrimmages, I was really worried that healed could be a big threat because he was a big threat against the Spurs in the previous two games. Yes. But seeing that, seeing these new lineups, seeing that Bryn Forbes is not going to be playing, not starting, at least for this, not at least this game, that you have a better chance of against him defensively because going to get, mm-hmm. you had Buddy Healed going up against Bryn Forbes. We all know how that's going to go out just on paper. So having him go up against guys like DeJounte and or Derek and Keldon Johnson, along with Lonnie Walker, still got a great perimeter defense, defenders no matter what. Yeah. You got better defenders going up against Buddy Healed. I think that the Spurs team should have the ability to limit him. But I oh, yeah. would say still keep an eye on Buddy Hield because his shooting killed this team in the game that they lost against against the Kings. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that this season, the Spurs have had their fair share of issues with the Kings. And I contribute that to matchups. You know, some of the matchups have not been favorable to the San Antonio Spurs. But now, like you all stated, now we're switching to this younger core. I kind of like the Spurs chances. You know, against the Kings, it, it's only that they're going to have to play a complete game. And now that the younger core has gotten some minutes in these scrimmage games and they played a healthy dose of minutes in that fourth quarter uh, and got that victory uh, over there with the with the I believe with the Pacers, um, they they look better. You know, I got to say, and I thought it was an, an overall I thought it was a great win for a young core because you want to keep them in the game. You know, when the game gets tight. You don't want to bail them out and then put a veteran in there and say, okay, let's go ahead and try to win with some of our veteran players. I like the fact that they left the young core intact and kind of let them figure things out because you're only going to get better when you do things like that. And if they win or lost, that wasn't really such a big deal, you know, because it is a scrimmage game. But by them pulling together as a team and getting that win, it it kind of draws them together, uh, closer together, I think, as a, a collective unit. Because when you're in a team... And you're watching some of your other teammates grow out there and get better. It makes you excited and you want to play, play harder because you see the effort that they're putting in there. So that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be one of these carryovers. I'm hoping, you know, that they came off this high that they're going to go ahead and use against the Sacramento Kings. But I just want them to win, man. I'm so hungry for a Spurs win when it actually means something. You know, we've been let down pretty much this whole season. But now it's the NBA restart. We have eight games ahead of us. Anything can happen. It all starts with this game against the Sacramento Kings. I'm excited. But you know one of the other things that really excited me? And it's something that Rudy had been saying since the very beginning. I had been saying it as well. Keldon Johnson, man. You can't say enough good things about this young man. And a lot of Spurs fans were kind of not split down the middle, but I'd say maybe 80-20. Uh, especially on Spurs Twitter, they were like, well, Keldon Johnson is not the future. Y'all need to pump the brakes. And I'm like, what what have y'all been watching? It's not based on one game. It's based on the product that's out there on the court. The kid, he's a Kentucky product. So he's already NBA ready. He has that experience. He He had some good coaches over in Kentucky. Then he comes over into the G League and he gets more development. And we can see what he's doing out there if you watched any of the Austin Spurs games. And then he gets some minutes here in the NBA, and he's making the most of those minutes. And he plays both sides of the ball extremely well. 
you know, and he's fearless, man. The kid has no fear. And that's some of the things that you can't teach. He does a lot of things out there that are just based on instinct. You can't teach a player that. And I think that he's more along than any of the other younger players that we have so far. You know, so I, I like a lot of the things I see out of Keldon Johnson. Rudy, tell me why you're so high on Keldon. Well, I mean, Keldon Johnson coming out of high school, highly recruited by Kentucky and a bunch of other schools. You're talking about a McDonald's All-American. You're talking a guy that went to Kentucky where Calipari is known for getting his players ready to be drafted in the first round, normally the lottery, which is a huge surprise because if Keldon plays anywhere else outside of Kentucky, he's easily top 10 pick. You're talking maybe top five pick by the type of by the way he is uh, player-wise. Great basketball IQ, plays both sides of the court, can get to the basket, can create his own shot. Ultimate teammate. I mean, this is a guy, like I said, from high school to college now to the NBA He's the ultimate pro. He's the ultimate teammate. Draft night, I think uh, we were all together on draft night. I did say, you know, Keldon Johnson, the future face of the franchise. I still say it. And you know what? You're right. I saw a bunch of people last night on Twitter saying, hey, you got to pump the brakes. Keldon's not the future. Then you know what? I challenge you to this question. Who the hell is the future of the Spurs? I mean, if you had to pick one person, who do you want it to be? It's not going to be DeMar DeRozan. And hell, it sure is not going to be LaMarcus Aldridge. Who the hell is the future? Lonnie Walker had one great game against Houston. One great game. After that, he hasn't really done a whole bunch. Keldon's been pretty consistent during this run and his run. DeJounte Murray, again, had a really bad year last year. I mean, he had a struggling year last year. So I know coming off an injury, Derek White had a great series against Denver. You've got you've got people there that are the potential future of the fr- face of the future. Fr- Future face of the franchise. Got to say that 10 times. <laughs> but I've got Keldon going that way. I mean, I've had him since day one. This is the ultimate pro. We're actually going to see what we're getting out of that Kawhi Leonard trade that we made. And I'm hoping that Keldon just continues to grow and grow and grow. Everybody loves him. Pop loves him. I mean, that's the reason why I say he's that future guy. Yeah. And you, what about you, Noah? I mean, I know that you've been high on Keldon Johnson as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this young player? Yeah, I'm super high on Keldon. I really like what he brings to the table. Super energetic, uh, fearless guy, like you said. I mean, he is a great finisher at the rim. And I think that's one of the things that sets him apart from oh, a lot of the other Oh, his body control guys. as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, but to a degree, I would say pump the brakes on, on, on Keldon. Uh, yes, I think he could potentially be the future of the franchise. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of areas he needs to shore up. His ball handling isn't, you know, he doesn't have a lot of, great ball handling moves it's not going to string together a lot of moves that gets himself open he's kind of a straight line drive guy um and, and defensively he is a dog but he does tend to get in foul trouble from you know time to time so i think there are things he needs to work on just like any young player needs to work on um but i'm excited for Keldon. i mean he's a guy who he's a three-point shot away from being your prototypical three and d guy and he already has other things in his bag um you know, I, I'm excited for Keldon, and I, I want to see him grow, uh, especially in these eight games. I think this is a perfect time for the Spurs to just see what they have in all their young guys, but especially Keldon. Um, because like Rudy was saying, uh, he's a guy who you can build around, and yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, and remember, Rudy's don't lie, so Rudy tells you the <laughs> truth. He tells you like it is, whether you like it or not. So there you go, Spurs <laughs> Twitter. Well, anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to you, Ty. Ty, tell us why we should be so excited about the development of one Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson all of season long, he was killing it in G League, which is whenever you look at the G League playing, if someone's killing it in G League, it's always a good indication that they're NBA they're at least NBA ready in some sort of fashion. We saw that with we saw that in G League that Keldon was 
consistently playing, playing up numbers every night in G League. And so whenever he came here, you get some full minutes against the Mavs, and suddenly he makes a Luka Doncic look silly on defense. Come on, that's that's a really good indicator. I think some of my fa- some of my favorite players are I like I like big big men who can defend. That's why I like Jakob so so much. But I also like forwards that their defense is solid coming out of college. We saw this with Kawhi. I know that's a forbidden name here, but Ka- the way that Kawhi was built with having great defense and kind of having him. Uh, okay, offense coming out of college. That's kind of the prototypical player that I think you would that you want. And the Spurs have been doing that with getting a good, great defender out of DeJounte Murray. Didn't really have good offense, but DeJounte's defense is stunning still. And we're seeing that with Kelvin Johnson where he can keep up with guys. He can keep them up on defense. He can guard almost every position possible. I wouldn't say that he can guard the five, but he can still guard. He can guard a lot of guys. And add on that energy that he brings to the floor. That's something that those are fundamental things that you really want in a player that can really deliver. And I've always said that offense can be developed. Defense can't. Defense is just something that you either have it or you don't. Look at Brent Forbes. He has got the offensive talent, but defensively, he just doesn't have it. And Kelton here, he has he has it defensively, and he has a really good inside game, especially with how Big, we call him Big Body for a reason because he can finish inside no matter what. And that's where majority of his offense comes from. And like Noah said, once he develops a three-point shot, I always say that he's going to be more than just a prototypical 3 and D guy. He's going to be a tr- talented scorer if he's able to develop a three-point shot or even a mid-range. This is a guy that, that can be really good in this league. His ceiling is high. His defense is already really good and it's just going to get better. And same thing with his offense, especially whenever we've seen him work with Chip England. I'm really high on Kelton now, especially after seeing that after that last scrimmage. Because I'm I'm high on Luca, and I think we're going to see more of him next season. But Kelton Johnson, he's, he's going to be an integral part of the rotation come, I would say, in the bubble and come next season. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is something you just said right there, Luca Samanic. Spurs Twitter has raked this kid over hot coals, man. And I'm like, why? <laughs> he's, he's what, barely 20, 19 years old? Um, and he played in the EuroLeague. He's still trying to get used to the system here, not only playing in the Spurs system, but getting used to the NBA in general, you know? Uh, he was drafted where he was drafted because he needed certain aspects of his game that needed to be developed. R.C. Buford said this specifically about this young man. He's like, he's going to be a good player. He just was available at that selection that we got him at because there were certain aspects of his game that we need to develop. He's a work in progress. He's not going to be as far along as one Keldon Johnson, you know? And I think Spurs Twitter and Spurs fans in general have to be patient with the development of Lucas Simonich. One of the things I pointed out is Spurs fans need to be supportive of this young man in whatever he does out there, you know, because if you're going ahead and you're just pushing nothing but hatred towards him, then when he gets better (laughs) and it's time for him to either stay with us or move on, he's going to say, Oh, I remember what you all said about me. Y'all don't appreciate me after I've been putting in all this hard work, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and bounce and go somewhere else where I feel appreciated. So love what you have right now, cherish it and be supportive because you never know what this young kid can flourish into i think that the ceiling is high for lucas samanich i just think he needs more development and we're going to see him develop more as a player he might 
not be far as long as I said, and it might take another season or two. But be patient, because look at what he can do. He has handles. He can run the floor quite well. He has the length. He has the size. You know, yeah, of course he needs to bulk up a little bit. But, you know, hey, man, a couple runs to the taco place, the taco truck, get you some carne al pastor or something, you know? Don't get corn. Get some flour, because you need to bulk up, and you'll be fine, man. Just put some hot sauce on it, dude. So what do you all got to say? We'll start with you, Rudy. Well, I mean, if you if he needs to bulk up, just come see me because I'm one of the bigger guys in San Antonio. I can show him all the hot spots. Hey, man, I you mean, can take nah. him to Burger Boy, man. Get him a working hey, man. Yeah, Burger Boy. Obviously, I'm, I'm the mascot for Burger Boy, aren't I? You know, with Luca, man, it's it's exactly what you said. I mean, he's not ready. He's not NBA ready. He's going to be NBA ready. I remember talking um, pretty much after draft night, you know, once the Spurs got going a little bit. I remember talking to Jeff Garcia and we were talking about Luca and he asked me how I felt about Luca. And I told him he's going to be a great player later on in his career. Not right now. He's going to be an efficient player. He's going to be able to get you some points, boards, play some D, but he's just not ready now. You're going to have to wait two, maybe three years before we actually see Luca develop, get into that NBA body that he needs to be in. He still has a lot of growing up to do, man. His basketball IQ, it's high, but it's not high enough to where it needs to be, to be a consistent player night in and night out. He's got to develop that jump shot. You know, he just has to get every single part of this NBA game. It has to all just come together with Luka. And I think fans are thinking, well, you were drafted higher than Keldon. You should. I mean, that's right, right? He was drafted higher. He was. was, Yes. Yeah, it's like you're thinking he was drafted higher than Keldon, so we expect more because we're seeing Keldon, you know, come up and ball against all these other guys. Well, it's not like that. I mean, it really isn't. Keldon came from an established collegiate program. Luca came from overseas. A lot of times, more times than not, your overseas players aren't going to develop that quick. You're not always going to hit on a Luca Doncic. You're always not going to get a Manu Ginobili or a Tony Parker to come in and contribute right away. You're going to get guys like a, not comparing him, but you're going to get guys like a Dirk Nowitzki where it takes two, maybe three years before to get going. And then he has a great career. We don't know what we have in Luca. All we know is that we've got a special player and we've got the right coaching staff to develop him into the player we want him to be. Yep. So what about you, Noah? What do you say about all the haters out there that are going out there and saying negative things about this young man? Yeah, I think it's too early to be for all the Spurs fans on Twitter saying, oh, he's a bust. And I will admit, I have kind of come after him at times for his attitude because he does kind of sulk around the court sometimes, especially when he gets in late and it doesn't matter. But kind of looks disinterested at times, right? Yeah. I mean, you're 20 years old. Yeah. You're not a finished product. And again, he is a guy who was drafted from overseas. But I think a lot of people don't follow overseas basketball. And if you did, you know, he didn't really play that much overseas. He was drafted based on potential. And he's not going to fill that potential in one year. He's 20. It's going to take a few years to get there. And one of the things that's really great about him is, yes, his arms, his wingspan, a little short for his height, but he's got a 38-inch vertical. That's that's better than Blake Griffin's was at the NBA Combine, just to give people an idea of how high this kid can jump. He can dribble the ball. He can shoot the ball well. He's got a pretty good basketball IQ, can pass well. There's just a lot of things that just need to be developed a little bit more before he's ready, right? And that's what we're going to see over the next couple of years. And people just need to take it easy on him. You know, he is, again, 20 years old. He's not a finished product. Nowhere near it. Yeah. What about you, Ty? You're of drinking age and Luca's not. So as you go and <laughs> sip on your little drink there, why do you, what do you say about, you know, Luca and all the hate that he's receiving? So first off, 
no one said it perfectly where he was drafted off potential. That's that's exactly why he was drafted. And this dude's ceiling is extremely high. He has he had, like Rudy said, he has a really good basketball IQ. It does need a little bit more development, but still it's already high, especially for a guy at his age. He has the fundamentals down. He has the the body just needs a bulk up, but the other parts of his body, that's great. He's six ten. He has speed. He has vertical. He has handles. He has the fundamentals down. He just needs to get them even better from where they are. And I think being, I think the only guy in this on this roundtable actually meeting him. So uh, some people do knock him for his energy, but he's just a quiet guy. I don't see. You're not going to really see him. I don't think you're going to see him with the Keldon energy. I would say, because he's just a he's a quiet guy. He's trying. Um, uh, Landry Fields, the GM and former NBA player and GM for the Austin Spurs, he had a great quote that said, "With Luca for him, a major, a major shift culturally from where he was getting acclimated to the U.S. and Spurs brand of basketball." And so that just first tells you he's quiet and he's trying to get used to the culture itself alone, the culture of the U.S. the U.S. culture, and then trying to get used to the NBA level of basketball. So there is going to get some development. There is going to be give him some time. It's He's 20 years old. I don't think we're, how many times we're going to t- say he's 20 <laughs> years old, but he's a young guy. He just turned 20 this year, and and it also in the part thing was, Keldon was the main option in Austin. It wasn't Luca. Luca was kind of taking a back seat right beyond Keldon. That's why Keldon was so damn good in the G League and why he's going to be good now. He he was getting the majority of touches. Luca was kind of taking a second, third option, and so he didn't really get the ball that much to to develop like Kelton did. I do say next season, I think we're going to see him at least half the season in, in Austin, just because he's going to be the number one option this upcoming year in Austin. And that could be tremendous for him, tremendous development. And I say that he's just going to get through quick. He's only, I'm going to guess he's only going to be there for half the season. And then he's going to find his way into the rotation in, in San Antonio for the second half of the season, but be patient with him. Watch the Austin Spurs games because he, he is fun to watch. Go watch the Moscow Spurs. Go have some air. Watch the young guys really play, and you're going to like Luka. And the thing that I really loved is he makes it known that he is patient. He knows that he needs to develop. He knows where he's at and knows what he needs to do to go forward and get and develop as a player. And that's what I really like, that he's buying to the system. That's a key thing to all of this. Yeah, you know, that's funny that you said go and watch some Austin Spurs games because – I think a lot of the criticism that comes from some of these fans is that they're fair weather fans. You know, they're just jumping on the hate bandwagon without doing their homework. If you're going to criticize a guy, then go ahead and criticize him, but be well informed and go ahead and check out some of his highlights from the Austin Spurs games or even go and watch, you know, the Austin Spurs games when that season resumes, you know, because you're going to see your your future stars in the making while they're still raw and you're going to see them develop and what their potential could be once they come over and play with the team and get significant minutes, you know? So if you're going to criticize, at least go and watch some of the highlights, you know, before you say anything, because then it just comes off as misinformed, you know? And, and then I, also, go ahead. Yeah, and then also, also you get to see some other players like Quindary Weatherspoon, who was really good. Oh, Drew yeah. Banks was really good. You get to see these other guys that are young and re- were really good and now are most likely going to be part of the rotation in the bubble. Yeah, no doubt. So there's that's one of the reasons why you need to go ahead and check out some of these highlights and, you know, from the Austin Spurs games, you know, and not speaking of that, I'm also having going to have to get Carl on here uh, pretty soon so we can go ahead and talk about some of that development because Carl is the guy to go to when it comes to Austin Spurs, you know, 
along with my friend Jonas Clark. I can't forget Jonas, so shout out to him. But moving on here, we have this next game with Sacramento. Then we have seven other games after that. We are going to play Memphis. We're going to play Philadelphia, Denver. We're going to play Utah, New Orleans, Houston, and Utah again. So given that, are you all okay if the Spurs don't make the playoffs? Because as Coach Pop has stated, they're going to go for development over winning. If they play the young core and the young core wins, so be it. But if they lose and the Spurs don't make it into the playoffs, will you be disappointed? We'll start with you, Noah. No, I won't be disappointed if the Spurs don't make the playoffs. I think it's already kind of a, a lofty expectation for them to make the playoffs. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Um, and if they did make the playoffs, and I'm, I know this draft is kind of a weak draft class in a lot of people's opinions, um, but they lose their lottery pick if they do make the playoffs. And I think that's important. The Spurs have not had a lottery pick since Tim Duncan. Um, and that's a perfect opportunity to stock up on talent. I mean, look at what it did for teams like Boston. You may you may not be able to keep every single person around, but it helps you gain assets, possibly make trades to get bigger fish. Um, and if you don't, you've got guys like who you can develop, like Keldon. you got guys who we've seen taken you know, later than the lottery, like Kawhi, even if it was one pick outside the lottery, who turned into, you know, an all-star caliber player. I'm excited. Either way, if they make the playoffs, I'm there. I'm going to be rooting for them, you know, every single game. Um, but if they don't, I'm not disappointed. Okay. What about you, Ty? Will you be disappointed if the Spurs miss the playoffs after that 20 plus years? Or were you going to say, okay, well, we missed it, but it was exciting to watch this young core develop. What are your thoughts? So going to this bubble, it was already a win-win situation for the Spurs. No matter what happens, they're going to be winning in some sort of fashion. If they do make the playoffs, that's great. They make it a chance. They make it 23 straight seasons, and they allow their young guys to really get some good development in not only just bubble seeding games, but playoff games. And that's always an important factor in, in players' development. If they don't, they have a lottery pick, and their guys still get heavy development from heavy minutes because – even though as much as a negative as it is to have LaMarcus and Trey Lyles out, that's still a positive because you have you get your young guys the time that they need. And you also, even if you don't win, you have a, you have your, your best lottery odds frozen in place, no matter what. So they can go out, they can play their hearts out. If they miss the playoffs by one game or they go into the playing tournament and, mi- and just don't win, oh well, they still have a lottery pick in the best odds possible. If they make the playoffs, Awesome. That's even better. I would be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs, but I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be. Oh, this sucks. It sucks. This is horrible. I hate all of this. I hate this team. I'm not gonna be like that. I'm gonna have a good time watching these eight games, and I really hope they can make the playoffs. But I'm not gonna be upset if they don't. Yeah, I think me and Rudy are kind of in the same boat. We don't really care what happens in this next eight games. We're just going to use it as an excuse to get drunk while we watch the games. <laughs> but <laughs> Rudy, will you be disappointed? I'm doing this before not? the games. You guys are. You guys got to catch up on my level. <laughs> oh, but no, no. When we watch I'll the games, my liver for the eight games. Yeah. <laughs> when we watch the games, we drink something a little bit stronger, and we drink it straight, not mixed. So, is is that why I'm winning the Clip Wars? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would say, dude. I would say. That and I really don't have the time right now because I'm kind of busy too behind the scenes. But it's fun to have Clip Wars. It's fun to have everybody out there putting their their content out there. I like all the stuff that everybody puts out there. I respect it, you know. And it's good because you all are in the come up, you know, you and Noah and everybody else who does those clips, man. So it's always fun. But really, uh, getting back to what we're talking about here. 
Will you be disappointed if the Spurs don't make the playoffs? You know, seeing that the younger kids are going to start getting some much, much needed minutes and development out there on the court. Hell yeah, I'll be disappointed, man. No, I'm just fighting. It's, you know what? I already saw this way the season was going. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs anyway to begin the season. Um, I just kind of saw what we were going through. I knew it was going to be a really tough year to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. So my my expectations were already there going into the bubble. I know it's going to take a miracle. It's going to take for the Spurs to just go straight up Leroy Jenkins into the bubble <laughs> And just take, you know, everything, their whole heart, give it everything they got. And at the very end, we all know Leroy didn't succeed. Same thing with the Bubble Spurs team. It's just enjoy the eight games. See the younger players develop. You know, Noah made a really good point about draft picks. You know, this this is a weak draft class coming in this year. But if for whatever reason the Spurs go into next year and they struggle as well and they back in the lottery – 2021 is a really good draft class so, so far the way it's setting up. So I don't mind getting a few of these higher end lottery picks. You know, in two years, you still got, you know, an Evan, Mo uh, actually not this year's season, but the next fall, the following draft, you still got guys like uh, an Evan Mobley coming out. You know, he's going to be playing one year, I believe, at USC. You got Zaire Williams. I mean, you've got a lot of young kids coming out. So, yeah, if you don't have success in the bubble this year, go lottery, get you a decent pick. It's not going to be probably a great one. If you have if you have success, great. You have Keldon Johnson doing good, great. If you still don't have success next season, no worries. I like that draft class for next year too. So give me one of those higher picks as well. All I can say is just be patient. Hey, if the Spurs go eight and no, they go eight and no. They make the playoffs. If they go what six and two. They make the playoffs. I have them going two and six, unfortunately. But it's just a whole thing of keep the expectations where they need to be. Enjoy these eight games. Watch the young kids develop. See how good Keldon really is against, you know, better competition uh, when it comes to these eight games. You know, we're probably I'm hoping we see a little bit of DeMar. I'm not really concerned if we don't see a lot of DeMar, but I just want to see a lot of these young guys just, hey, you know what? Here's the reins. Take it for these eight games and let's get the hell out of here and back to San Antonio. Yeah. Then another thing also, another thing, what, wrap up. I Sorry. Uh, for 2021. They only have $26 million tied to players, so there's a yeah. chance that they can bring new, bring new fresh blood in through, the, through free agency because that's a that's a rich free agent class in 2021. Yes. And then also it just gives you a lot of work to – it gives you a lot of space to work with where you can sign extensions to to Jakob, to Derek yeah. White, to Lonnie Walker. You, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of cap space that the Spurs can work with even if they don't do well next season like you said, Rudy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of that free agent class next year is really good too. So the good thing about it is, you, like you said, the younger guys, Lonnie Walker and these guys, you know, they're coming off that rookie contract, so they're not going to cost you an arm and a leg for that next contract extension. So that's a good, that's a really good thing right there. Yeah, and then we also have Patty Mills' contract that's going to be expiring as well. So that gives you that flexibility to, like you stated, you know, Ty, you can go out there and really make a bid, you know, and go after somebody that can actually help this team. So. That coupled with the younger core developing as well, I think that's a recipe for success. You know, we have to see where they're going to be at in the next season or two. You know, I think it's going to be a good mixture. I'm thinking in the next three seasons, it's going to be that perfect storm where you're going to see, you're going to see Derek, you're going to see Dejounte. If Portal stays with us, Portal will be developed at, at that time as well. You're going to have Keldon, and not only that, but you're going to have some of the younger players that were going to be drafted that we drafted already. Like Luka Samanich, for example, that should have developed at you know to the point to where he's going to be able to really produce out there on the court. 
coupled with some of the veterans that we already have. And I think when you bring everybody together, it's going to be that recipe for success again, where the Spurs can maybe, you know, be in the talks for, hey, well, let's see how far they can go in the playoffs instead of we don't even think they're going to make the playoffs, you know. So I think the talk will change. And I think that the whole situation for San Antonio as a whole, as far as the Spurs go, will be on the come up, you know. So I think a lot of the Spurs fans will start coming out of hiding again and, you know, (laughs) put on their their Spurs gear and wear it proudly. Like I'm wearing my new Coyote hat that I got, you know, today. So I'm always sporting the Spurs no matter what, man. I'm always a diehard fan. While I might be disappointed that we might not make the playoffs, I know the 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 long game, you know, is going to be development. So I'm going to just enjoy these next eight games like you all stated, and I'm just going to have fun with it, man. If I can see the young guns out there getting some run, I'm going to enjoy that because, like I said, they they are exciting to watch whether they win or lose. But I know that what's happening right there on the court at that particular point in time is instrumental for the Spurs' success moving forward. So I would rather have the development versus winning right now. That's just my personal preference. I know a lot of Spurs fans are going to be upset if they don't make the playoffs. But you got to look at the long game. You got to look to see what's going to happen in the long run. You know, so keep definitely keep an eye out for these younger kids. So with that, we're going to go ahead and bring a close to this episode of the Two Shots podcast. Before we do that, let's go around the horn here so we can go ahead and have you guys plug yourselves so everybody can follow you on your social media handles. We'll start with you, Noah. Yeah, you can uh, follow me at, at N underscore Magaro on Twitter. That's pretty much my only social media. <laughs> um, I have an article coming out over a prospect called Alexi Pokashevsky, another international guy. Guys may want to look at it. So, you know, take a look at that when it goes up on Pounding the Rock later this week. Oh, come on, man. You're not going to tell us your Tinder? I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> <laughs> or your Bumble? Your Tinder or your Bumble? <laughs> Dude, he's already taken. I'm, you know, I'm taken. I know, but I have friends that do it just for fun, dude. So I'm just wow. messing with you, man. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> hey, look man. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> All right. And you, Ty, where can they follow you on social media? All right. You can follow me on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. That's the Ty Yeager, J A G E R. If you won't follow me on Instagram for some reason, I barely use it. Same thing. Um, I will. If you want to follow my podcast as well, that's at the Lion Pod or at the Lion Podcast.com. And I just want to say, one guy that I didn't get to mention that I'm really excited about is Drew Eubanks. I'm not going to dive into it, but I'm, just watch the dunks. You guys know what he's going to do. He's going to be an enforcer, and that's an art guy that you should keep an eye out. But um, if also, if you, for some reason, don't know how the seeding game system is going to work, I just made a video that I posted on my Twitter that you can check out. It's two minutes, not going to take you too much time, and it teaches you what you need to know for how the Spurs are going to possibly get into the playoffs. Oh, look at you educating us, Ty. I'm definitely going to have to go ahead and retweet that, man, so everybody can be on the up and up on what's going on with these playoff seedings. So, hey, Rudy, where can they go ahead and follow you and all the great content you got coming out? And also let the folks know where they can tune in to your brand new radio show with you and Carolina T. Sure, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Sweep the League. I've got an Instagram. I just don't know what it is, so if you can just Find me on there, and you get a bonus. Like are a these PG? Are these PG picks, Rudy? Yeah, oh, they're fine. They're, <laughs> I don't even have any picks on there. Facebook is pretty complex, you know. I usually accept friend requests. Yeah, we've got a radio show, brand new radio show, August sixteenth on nine thirty a.m. The answer from ten to eleven. Also, sweep the league. It's football season. Hopefully, we've got two football shows coming up on Sundays 
Uh, from 9 to 10, it'll be released. And then from 11 to 12 uh, will be the fantasy show. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, at Sweep the League, I'm pretty much active on Twitter. And these two guys right here, Ty and Noah, great follows. So be sure to follow them. And that guy, Joe, too. Follow him, too. He's pretty good. <laughs> I'm all right. But I, I pale in comparison to the other three. <laughs> no, everybody's a good follow. So make sure you go and follow them and, you know, keep an eye on the content that they create because it's all good stuff, man, especially with Rudy. Coming out with his new radio show, make sure you go and tune in and, you know what, give him some words of encouragement and, you know, spread the love, man. If you like the show, go ahead and tell everybody else about it because, you know what, we like to see local talent come up. So we're all about supporting everybody else here. So for Rudy Campos and Noah and Ty, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you all for listening and watching another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out. Peace.